Hey everyone, welcome to episode 22 of the Lifelong Podcast. I am your host, Heidi Kumjan. I run Holistic with Heidi, so be sure you're following at Holistic with Heidi and at Lifelong underscore pod on Instagram. And speaking of hosting, I have a super awesome co-host joining me today, and that is my boyfriend, Joseph O'Brien. He's not here right now to record this intro because he is running his design build company. And that's the reason I'm having him join today because our guest, Brian Johnson of Synergy 360 is a holistic home builder. He has years and years of experience in the construction industry and also the biohacking world. And he's just really passionate about health, athletic performance and optimal wellness. So Synergy 360 takes the science of health to unprecedented levels in the building industry. His mission is to build supportive and safe sanctuaries, homes that contribute to health and provide a space where people flourish and thrive. The homes are sustainable, environmentally safe, energetic homes that promote health and longevity. Brian is spreading the mission of holistic homes near and far by offering assessments everywhere in the country. I actually came across him on Instagram, of course, and saw him under the hashtag mold illness um, hashtag. I saw that he was building homes that were mold free and that really stood out to me because I, Joseph and I, intend to build a home in the near future. So we really want to make sure that it would be free of mold and environmental toxins and as holistic as possible. And I know all of you are interested in this based on the polls that I've done on Instagram. It seems like a lot of you have wanted to learn more about having a holistic and non-toxic home. So I know that you're going to love today's episode with Brian Johnson. With that, please welcome Brian Johnson and Joseph O'Brien, of course. Hello, Brian. How are you today? Hi, Heidi and Joseph. Good to see both of you. Howdy, howdy. We are excited to have you here today, um, co-hosting with Joseph, who has experience in building and architecture and all the things. But we would love to hear your story about how you got started on the path that you're on with building holistic homes. I know you have a cool story based on our initial conversation. So if you could share that with the audience, that'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And don't we all have a, a cool story in this community? Uh, yeah, I got my contractor's license back in 2002, uh, starting off building homes, but it wasn't just any type of a home. It was, I wanted to build an amazing home and I worked a lot with concrete. And so I got into what they refer to as insulated concrete farms, ICF construction. And it was super amazing. Uh, you know, so, so my career just took right off building uh, with ICF, concrete home. Um, but then, of course, we hit, you know, we kind of hit, uh, you know, that housing crisis and the economy just kind of hit, kind of hit hard in 2007. And so I, I switched gears and I went more into concrete. But I also, a little bit of a background before that is, I uh, was into sports, uh, triathlons and mountain biking, racing, and just uh, really big into fitness. And I was just a, just a fitness coach and uh, just a guru and a fanatic. And through my years of 
kind of getting away from home construction. I focused on my, my construction company, but I got really big into health from this whole biohacking perspective um, of learning to use all these different modalities to, you know, what can we do to heal our body quicker to recover faster so I could be out there on the, on the racetrack mm-hmm. again, right? Just, just always pushing the envelope. Um, you know, went through a lot of different certifications, learned how to use different modalities, and then fast forwarding, I knew that, you know, then of course, you know, we're coming across all these factors of, you know, moldy home, um, you know, the EMF yeah. factors started to arise, um, you know, just really immersing myself in all these amazing podcasts that, uh, you know, in this whole biohacking, holistic, you know, the wellness, the longevity community. And I knew that the mission had to be much greater, you know, and I'm like, well, what is it? Concrete's great. I love working with clients. I love seeing an end result. That's a super amazing thing. I want to get back in the building, but it's, again, it's not going to be just a standard concrete home. It's going to be a holistic (laughs) home, right? Yeah. And it's going to take, we're going to take and combine, you know, you know, the health goals and the longevity. Um, and all these amazing modalities and then tie it into a package of putting it into the home. And I did a lot of research and it was just, it was just super amazing that a lot of people weren't doing it on the level that I was looking at. There's, there's a lot of great um, councils and certifications out there. The building biologist, which is super amazing, uh, came from Europe many, many years ago, uh, developed post-World War II event. And it was super amazing what they were doing, but I'm like, no, I got to put a, I got to put a technological twist to it. We have to, we have to embed this, these homes with like infrared lighting technology and, and, and equip these homes with hyperbaric oxygen chambers and all these things. Right. And, and so that was, that was really the new goal of years, a few years back was, okay, Hey, we're going to, I'm going to put together this program. I'm just going to bring everything of what I've learned, all the methodologies, all the specification or, or put together a specification program on how to build holistically, because I, I can't be a, a general contractor in all 50 states or, or around the world. You know, I got to, I got to think global. We, we, we've got to think bigger than this. And that was just, and that's the beginning, right? That's the beginning of all the challenges um, coming into this field because, you know, in, in construction, I, you know, it's a great percentage. I won't say a number because I don't know what that number is, but there's a great percentage of, you know, trades and contractors that just look at you like you're crazy, right? Uh, and so that was a real challenge in itself because you really have to, you really have to coach all the trades and, and everybody through the entire process because people just have a hard time it's, we're just rewiring, we're resetting everything in the building industry. And so it became super clear in the path that, okay, this is what it is. You know, we're going to build these, these holistic homes, but we're also going to educate. Uh, we're going to educate the masses, the architects, the clients, uh, the, the builders, uh, just everybody along the way on how to build holistically. Yeah, it's Brian well said, and I think, we see that a lot too, but so much of the construction industry is just set in the, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality of, Hey, I've been, 
I've been doing carpentry for, for 30 years. Why, why are you telling me I need to source different lumber? I need to, you know, do something differently. So yeah, kudos to you with that. Yeah. Um, so speaking of holistic homes, it seems that it embodies so many different things. How would you, I guess, kind of like summarize what makes a home holistic and what specifically sets you apart from others? doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Heidi, thank you. Definitely. Uh, I love that holistic homes, holistic height, uh, <laughs> but uh, that's why, we you know, meant to be. So this is super amazing. Um, yeah. So what, what makes a holistic home is, you know, we're looking at everything, you know, holistically it, from start to finish and, and it's really recognized. And again, giving credit to like, you know, building biology and, you know, all this coursework of, you know, having this building biologist mindset is we're looking at the structure from the foundation to the roof and even the surrounding areas. Um, but taking it a degree further of what Synergy 360, uh, that's the company that I put together of uh, the specifications and methodologies, what that looks like is we're looking at methods of construction that are, we're looking at green, but we're also looking at sustainability. And when you're looking at green versus sustainability, there's so many factors that tie into that energy efficiency, you know, longevity of the structure, um, identifying areas of where you're going to build, you know, an adobe home versus a straw bale home, you know, in, in different parts of the, in different parts of the region. Um, and so, you know, we're looking at finding the right type of method in the right region that is building using products that are low VOC, non VOC, that are recyclable, right? Um, that, but also too sustainable. We we want to we want our homes to last over a hundred years. Um, you know, not not the building industry, but homes today are really built that way. Um, so sustainability for me is a big factor. And, and, and it's a scale too. Like if we go green, sometimes you're going to lose that, that, that performance of the building. So for me, it's just this constant sliding scale. And there's so much research that goes into this too, that we really want to make sure, okay, Hey, we're going to build a straw bale home in this, this area, but we need to make sure that it's built robustly. So it doesn't get any leaks. That's going to, you know, lead to mold. Because uh, once you get mold into straw, it's, it's, you know, once you get mold into something, it's almost impossible to get rid of it. Um, so, so we're definitely looking at the, the overall structure. It could be a concrete home. It could be a rammed earth home. It could be an adobe home. It could be a straw bale home. There's so many different. And then also, too, there's a lot of emerging products that are coming up today. Hey, we are, all of us are really making this planet a better place. It's a bit by bit approach, but. Now we're seeing like bamboo and all these renewable resources come up and manufacturers that are manufacturing with, right? No chemicals and, you know, no VOCs and, you know, using bamboo or using special woods that resist mold. It's super amazing. So we are seeing a transition in that, right? And so that's also Synergy 360 is advocating and finding and vetting these resources to build this amazing structure. And I know that's really long-winded, but there's just so much that goes and just the structure of the home, right? Identifying, you know, what the goal is behind it, okay? Um, 
Yeah, I can, I can, you want me to keep going? Keep going. <laughs> the, 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 that, really okay. fascinating. Do you have anything you want to yeah. chime in right now? I'll chime in a few things, Brian. Mm-hmm. Two questions. Um, do you see any in your area kind of with talking green sustainability, do you see any like municipal or government, like government incentives or um, subsidies for building a home a certain way? I know solar and a few other things come to mind for me. I'm sure you're well more well more versed in that than I am, but just a, curious to see how, you know, your clients are spending a lot of money probably on be- these beautiful homes you're building. So are there any government incentives that, that you see maybe locally in your area? We are seeing now, I mean, well, even like this year alone, we're seeing municipalities and, and you know, government um, really starting to do incentive programs and putting together kind of more green, you know, type of building. It, it's not there, but it's, it's just started. And so I feel with taking the approach of, you know, we'll build anything, right? But I think right now, if we can work with, you know, helping people, you know, live in these healthy environments at home, I think if we can really deliver this program, again, building biology methods, um, holistic methods, green, sustainable methods, that it'll just it'll just create a ripple effect and it'll it'll just go out and it will become I I would say I would say it's safe to say in the next five years we're going to start to see a, a huge shift from a holistic you know standpoint right um, you know looking at on one hand you know all of the five G technologies and mm. you know all the EMFs you know they're putting up all the towers everywhere mm-hmm. um, but they're but they're 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 beginning to start to recognize it because everybody. Know, making a stand for it, right? Yeah. They're not really combining that into they're not real they're not combining that into construction yet. But um Heidi and Joseph and like all of us in this tribe in this community, we're definitely gonna make a voice and, and create a ripple effect that will get, you know, government and they'll start to identify it because they identify it even like local, you know, code enforcements, you know, looking at lighting, and I'm just doing a little segue here, but now they're looking at lighting. We used to have fluorescent lighting, you know, and then they mm-hmm. did, made, have found all these studies how it was leading to like ADHD and ADD and all these different symptoms. Um, you know, so they're like, oh, oh yeah, okay. Those hey. are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> right? In school, and, and they, they were on in the schools too, which is just that's, wild. That's, yeah, I, I think I was definitely, uh, I wasn't diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure that I had ADD in school. <laughs> when there's fluorescent <laughs> lights shining over your head all day long, it's hard not to. <laughs> exactly just the flickering the strobing and of course they yeah. were they were looking at it we were looking at it in the building kind of a cost savings energy efficiency which is was a great move and then that's when we started to transition um you know incandescent lighting was decent but then we started trans you know we went to fluorescent which was a good but now you know as everything's evolved now we're getting into led technology mm-hmm. you know and and lighting is a big factor what I, you know, I won't go too far down the lighting path, but lighting is a big factor in when it's recognized by, you know, code, when it's recognized by government, you know, uh, city, you know, project that, that shows you there's, there's a, a move in the right direction for sure. Even just recognizing light. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm curious about lighting because I go in the infrared sauna and I have like the we don't own a sauna. We can't fit it in our apartment, but I go to a wellness center where they have a sauna, the clear light sauna, and then 
there's the LED lights on the top and you can change the color and all of the colors have different health benefits. And, you know, there's this big trend right now with the red light therapy and everything. So I find that very interesting. What are some ways you have incorporated besides using LED lighting in like the traditional sense? Have you ever done a project where there's some type of wellness space in the house or yeah have you ever done anything I guess very unique with the LED for specific ailments or health benefits oh absolutely uh lighting is definitely um it's a rabbit hole that I geeked out on because that that was one of the big things is being this biohacker and understanding lighting and even understanding lighting from like a, a feng shui and energetic because everybody's Certain colors and certain frequencies and colors and spectrums vibrate differently with everyone, right? Yeah. And so, of course, red light's great on on many levels for different things. But I thought, "Mm, we need to create a home that has all of the lighting that's part of that package of what you're referring to. And so there's one thing that we refer to a lot. You've been hearing like circadian rhythm and circadian lighting. Yeah. Uh And what that is, is, you know, we're, we're setting lighting that has a wavelength of the sunrise to high sunset. Um, and I knew that I wanted to find, and again, it's back to the bedding. It's finding sources on where to get the lighting, especially because I'm not going to hang light panels all over a house. You know, that wouldn't be too attractive in certain, you know, architecture and design. How do you incorporate that lighting through the house? Right. Yeah. And and it's just kind of crossing things over too. So I did a lot of research. I found manufacturers for new lighting. So instead of your typical incandescent or an LED recessed lighting for a home, I found manufacturers that actually perform and manufacture circadian light. So there's a home that, matter of fact, this home that I'm in, we just built. And uh, well, I know our audience might not be on the video here, but all of these three-inch recessed lights are circadian lights. And you can, A, you can set them on a type, you set them on a photo sensor outside and it'll actually adjust the lighting depending on what time of the day of that frequency of what the sun wow. is. Again, because wow. we're, trying to, we're trying to bring nature into the home, right? Yeah. Um, you know, all the way to sunset. So, you know, when it's, when we're powering down, you know, you got the whole blue light thing, right? Uh, so when we're powering down, we want to at least, you know, they say four hours before bed, you know, don't expose yourself to like blue lights and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, these circadian lights, what they do is they'll set, they'll set the same frequency and spectrum of what the sun is setting. Just by hit the toggle, uh, turn the light on, and now you have outside light inside. Wow. So there's that aspect of circadian lighting, then which is, there's certain wavelengths of you know amber lights and things like that, and then you get into like the mood light, maybe like what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay, well that handles that lighting, but it's really expensive to put 64 different wavelengths of color throughout the house. Yeah. Um, so in this particular house, if you look above that cove up in the ceiling there, yeah, uh-huh. that cove has an LED, a very sophisticated LED light system that changes 64 different wavelengths of color. 
And in this house, there's five rooms. So depending on, you know, a bedroom or an office, whatever mood that you're in for whatever that color is, you mm -hmm. would run, you would turn on those lights and what it will do is it'll illuminate the entire room of whatever that color is. Wow. And that's non flickering too. So wow. that's, it gets, <laughs> it gets pretty costly right now because Again, we're, you know, when LED came out, it was super expensive. And now as they manufacture, the costs are starting to come down. So mm -hmm. my goal is to really integrate also in the code, you know, instead of a code base on a floor, you can actually do code lighting. So you mm. could do 64 wavelengths of color in the, illuminating the floor, but you could also do 64 colors illuminating. So now you can adjust your colors from the bottom, which is like a format, again, it's like this feng shui, you know, like yeah. people read certain frequencies of color underneath the eye versus the top of the eye. So now just by lighting alone, we're, we're able to kind of dial in and hone in your specific frequencies of what helps and heals and calms you to, or, you know, energize yeah. you know, whatever you're looking at just by being in that room, just with color alone. That's super cool. I'm extremely sensitive to light especially artificial light joseph um joseph knows because i have a rule where the bathroom light we can't turn the bathroom light on <laughs> after a certain hour so i have like this little lamp that's dimmer it's it's not sophisticated like your homes by any <laughs> by any means but anything to like get this aggressive super bright you know apartment blaring in your face 9 p.m it wakes you up it, it's so jarring so lighting is so important too but it was so funny too is i mean even some of my friends or family members um they'll they could sit in a room with all the lights on it can be 10 o'clock at night and they they're on their phone they don't even notice but <laughs> the, the select few that like walk into a room and are like uh oh I need to change this, but I think people get used to it though too. Like yeah. it's like yeah, junk was... food. You have that that taste for the artificial yeah. stuff, and then when you stop eating it, it goes away. There's there's so much truth to that too, because once you once you detox yourself from that whatever exposure, whether it's a lighting or food or mold or EMF or whatever, once you detox yourself from that and you're mindful about it and you go back to it. Then you see the differences, you know, and, and so sometimes we go through that. It's like, oh, I didn't even recognize it before. Can I just go back to that? It's like, well, do you really? Yeah. Now you're just finding out how much you're really optimizing. Yeah. It's like we're our own canary in the coal mine, you know, detecting right. what's mm -hmm. good and bad for us. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, you know, and I do, I do see people exposing themselves, being on the phone and the emails and the blue lights and, you know, they're performing. Pretty good, it appears. You know, yeah. they're high level, but it's like, yeah. you know, I, I think eventually there's the stressors there that they just show up in people's lives in just other ways. And so why not, why not optimize yourself? Yeah. Absolutely. Better, so. better is better, you know? <laughs> yeah. Easy. Yeah. So, so, Brian, you're located in kind of, is it Southern California, Arizona? Where do you do predominantly? You know, predominantly, where are you, where are you doing your work? And then, secondly, are you doing any out of state consulting? Any? I'm sure you are. I mean, I'm already would love to send you emails about it. Maybe a future home I would build. But uh, but yeah, where is where are you located now? And then, I guess, what are you doing outside of your kind of your your home area? 
Yeah, definitely. And uh, so I'm based out of Tucson, Arizona. Um, I built in Southern California in uh, the Palm Springs, LA, San Diego area for, you know, 23 years. Um, and so I have, you know, I have a family here in Arizona and it's just so funny. Southern California, Arizona, they're, they're kind of becoming one now. They're, they're kind of merging. And of course, everybody blames me for coming over here. Oh, you brought California with you. Well, perhaps I did, um, but uh, no, so I contract in, in California and Arizona, but putting together Synergy 360, this, this model, uh, because again, it, was, it had to be some, something so much greater. Um, and I knew, again, it couldn't be just contracting in two states. So I, the way that I structured the company and we're ready to start scaling is we're looking at working with general contractors, architects, and clients in all 50 states. So what I said, what I put together with Synergy 360 is a project management, is consulting, and basically kind of, I kind of just used the concept of the lead of creating a, a binder, if you will, a, a booklet, a manual on how to build holistically. Um, so definitely we're working um, across the country. Um, again, as a project manager or consulting, it just depends where, the, where we have a fit uh, with the client and what their goals are and how much involvement they want. Um, so definitely, yes, the, the goal is to get out there and work with, with everyone, you know, to, to bring this and, and really, again, treat that ripple effect. Um, so, yeah, I get to, I get the privilege and the honor to be, you know, a part of that movement for sure. And so that's, that's my way to give back as well, you know, to be a part of something so amazing. It sounds like you got in at such a good time too, especially with just like you're saying earlier, kind of forecasting the next five years, like this really growing, more builders are going to become aware of this, more consumers are, you know, people are kind of the sickest they've ever been. And people are trying to get creative in the ways that they can optimize their health and heal and prevent. And that, you know, like the consumers are only going to get more educated, which is going to push the market. So it's great that you're kind of ahead of that curve and you have this model that seems, um, or kind of replicable. Is that, is that a word? <laughs> um, to, to, you know, be able to have a yeah. greater reach versus being in two states. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's that, that manual, right? We're, we're creating a manual for a healthy home building and living, you know, and, and we want to put that, that, uh, want to put that manual in everyone's hand. I think a, a white space that, that I see and maybe just like a pain point being someone who is passionate about non-toxic living. Um, I see something like lead or a sustainable product that isn't even related to home building. And it, it might say it's sustainable or it might say it's lead or it might say it's green and whatever, but there's still toxins in it. And I'm not saying that all like sustainable or all green things are bad, but I think bringing in this element of non-toxic or low VOC is so critical. And that's awesome that you're doing that. But it's just like a conversation, I think, that 
needs to continue to be had because we just don't need all these chemicals, like especially in our, our home and our living environment or in the clothes we wear, the, the products we, that touch our skin. It's we've never had so many chemicals in our life. So um, I guess speak a little bit more about some of the low VOC or non-toxic offer. Yeah, you know, thank you for that too, because it from that so from the health coach perspective, you know, because it's all full circle. It's all it's all together. You know, if we're eating a poor diet, you know, and, and living in this holistic home with all these amazing things, you know, that's not going to be the cure for that or whatever. You know, we're looking at everything, and so taking that aspect of like VOC, um, it's kind of like we're building paleo houses, yeah. right? You know, we're, 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 we're building, we're, <laughs> we're building a house that is minimally processed and, and I've referenced uh, building biology several times now, but that's, what's cool about the aspect of what they're bringing. They're, they're, they're advocating minimally processed um, methods of building. And, and it's so cool because they really go down deep with that. And so for me, it creates a very mindful approach of, okay, hey, now we can empower ourselves to understand we can use these methods, you know, but if we're looking at building super energy efficiency, but using more of a chemical process method, you know, now we start to be able to close that gap closer and closer together. Um, and so that's this five-year, 10-year kind of this movement that I see is where we're going to start closing that gap. And that's the amazing thing of what building biology does. We take this mindful of approach. Um, if, if, if somebody's in a, in a, in a warehouse or a, a manufacturing facility wearing all their PPE and, and working with product, you know, they're, even if it's a non-VOC, non-outgassing, non-formaldehyde, you know, it's, there's still a chemical process of putting that together. And, and I understand that too, because, you know, we do, you know, we have to, at this point right now, we have products that are manufactured that way. That's, that's how we keep that sustainability. Um, but we're constantly always looking for ways to, to really clean up our diet, right. You know, to clean up our home and just be super mindful. You know, if we're using a, a, a product that has, you know, some volatile organic bio, uh, compounds to it, you know, you would want to use it on the exterior of the home to where it can outgas, um, you know, and it's kind of finding ways of, of where, again, we can't eliminate it all, but we can definitely be mindful of the approach of how we use yeah, it. Yeah. And, and that sure. goes with all, I guess, areas of non-toxic living, just, I guess, relating this to the, the work I do and the content I share about, I create non-toxic guides and I like to say that it it's about progress not perfection and it's really just that curiosity and that openness to seeking products and things that are as non-toxic as possible but mm -hmm. accepting that hey certain things might be might be toxic. We will have some exposures, but hey, we're doing our best ninety percent of the time. Exactly. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. No, I love that. Thank you for for completing that piece because I, I want to bring this last this this piece in on that as well. And it 
you know, not to be in fear of every product or, you know, you know, from a contractor standpoint, you know, because if we overwhelm a contractor, they're going to be like, okay, well, what can I even build? Right. Like, it's yeah. impossible, you know, you're, you know, I, I no, thank you. I'm just not interested. So again, it's like, like you're saying, it's just taking that more of that mindful approach, you know, of how we're using the product or, Hey, maybe there's an alternative and, you know, maybe we can, maybe we can, uh, you know, save something here and apply it over there. Uh, it's just being really mindful about the approach to that. So absolutely not saying that we can't build chemical free or even non-VOC, but we can definitely be very mindful in the approach about that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and I guess in, in light of that too, Brian, for the audience or for people that you can speak to um, that maybe don't have the resources and don't have the expertise of yourself, what are a few things, and I know we could be here all day, I'm sure, talking about but mm-hmm. if you're remodeling a kitchen or at, you know, building onto your house or even building a new house, what would be, if you had a few recommendations, uh, maybe some, some easier kind of low-hanging fruit that you would or recommend? Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you know, Joseph, thanks for bringing that piece up too, because yeah, there is a, a list amount long, because when I came into this, it was upgrading an existing environment you know, again, these biohack skills and all these things and being, you know, just watching all these podcasts of what we can do to then go into the extreme of this builder building this just amazing home with every imaginable technology. So it's like now where I'm coming back to, you know, what are the practical things? You know, not everybody can afford to to build, you know, a home. So what do you do to upgrade your, or your apartment or whatever? Um, and I would say what I have learned of just understanding, and there's so many things that we haven't even discussed yet, but air quality is a big one, um, which is, you know, part of, you know, you know, just mold growing in the homes or, you know, behind the walls or things that you can't see is, I would say to upgrade an existing environment is if you can, you know, open windows, yeah. mm-hmm. I, you know, even it, it, you know, and then of course somebody says, well, I live in the city and, you know, downtown New York and there's all the smog or, you know, I'm in an area with humidity. So it might be pretty hard in that fashion. Um, if you are in an, in an area and you can get a, an air exchange, a fresh air ex- exchange, I think that's super important. It's really managing our windows, um, which is kind of the old school yeah. way of doing things. Um, you know, um, and then speaking on the note of air quality is, you know, portable you know, portable air filtration. Um, you know, there's so many different manufacturers out there. And I, I, at this point, I, I won't, you know, really say anything specific other than I think it's really important to use like a carbon-based filter along with the technologies of what we're, we're using, like UV lighting, um, you know, to, to make sure that, and also too, vetting where you're buying these portable uh air purifiers, you know, what's their, what's their data. I'm kind of a, a data driven person and you have to be when we're, when we're building these homes and I'm making these claims, I really need to make sure that these claims are truly backed. And so I'm really big about, Hey, where is, was it, was it their own research that they did? Was it third party research? You know, was it an unbiased? So I, I like to stick with air purification systems that are really proven. Um, and I think it's really, really important. So if you can't open your windows, put good air uh, purification and filtration systems throughout the home. I think that's a really big one. Um, 
you know, also too, here's something that we overlook a lot too, and it's uh, water intrusion into the home um, from outside to inside or, or, or plumbing on the inside. And it's just as simple as, you know, whether even you make a checklist and every 30 days you look under the sink for a potential leak, you know, I mean, a, a leak can be really small under your kitchen sink and you never catch it. It could be at the, at the angle stop or the water valve. It could be leaking down the backside. You could be growing mold under there. So I think it's really good to constantly do check. These are just where simple are things, some right? of the best, um, sorry to interrupt, but where are some of the best places to look for besides under a sink? Um, it's anywhere, it, it's anywhere plumbing, you know, a mechanical, you know, to open a valve, close a valve. It could be behind a, a, a washer machine. Um, the under the sink, uh, also to inspect your roof, you know, um, or, or have a handyman inspect the roof and, and kind of just really go in and, you know, just look for signs of, uh, you know, mold or, or, or pooling or water gathering or a lot of dirt or mud or things like that. Look for those areas and just kind of, then you could even take a floodlight inside of the home and just kind of look at the drywall and just kind of make sure there's no deviations in the wall or behind the paint. Um, I think that's really important is to do your own home inspections like that. Um, and gutter, again, if somebody owns a home and, and you don't have a gutter, it's super important to make sure that water's flowing away from the house. That's a big one too. Um, you know, proper drainage around the home. Um, your shower drain, you know, the, 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 <laughs> these are the areas, um, that you're, you're going to want to look for, you know, potential mold growth, right? Those are, those are all the weak spots of the house. Um, yeah, mold is a, so a scary I, I think, one for us. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. It, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting topic for sure. You know, I don't, I definitely, you know, from a builder perspective, uh, we don't want to turn a blind eye to it, but at the same time, it's finding the balance and not being in fear with it, you know? Um, and I think it's really recognizing it and then, okay, like taking the actions of, of what you want to do, um, you know, and kind of, kind of up-leveling if you do find in your existing structure. Um, I just, a friend of mine just the other day, they live in Florida. There's a lot of mold in Florida and a lot of water from water intrusion. Um, and there was uh, the, the company, it wasn't the company, it was the project management company actually was using like bleach, oh. um, it, which is, you don't want to use bleach for removing mold for one. Um, believe it or not, soap and water um, is, is the real simple remedy. Of course, you know, wearing all your PPE or having it done professionally. Um, but there was this company they were having just a handyman come in and just spray bleach all over and then just painting over the surface. Um, you know, um, so those, those are just not ways to mitigate. So we really need to look um, at having a professional, if you can afford it to have a professional, there's lots of, there's lots of mold remediation, uh, mold inspection companies and mold remediation companies. And you have to definitely do your due diligence because there's a lot of people getting into that field as well that might not, entirely know what they're doing so i think sourcing and vetting where that where that individual is coming from from to do the mold inspection you know um to do the testing to you know make sure that the molds that are discovered you know how they're affecting your health 
Uh, then, of course, the whole the remediation, you know, finding a professional, uh, you know, somebody with a building biologist kind of background right. that they are yeah. going to use precautions. That's that's really, really important. We have a, a friend who is a consult. He's a, he's not a remediator. He doesn't own a remediation company, but he's a consult uh, um, in lieu of his professional title. But he will consult on. So he looks at big. He's in Madison, Wisconsin, but he looks at big like schools and you know corporate buildings and stuff. And he said, unfortunately, on the professional realm of remediators, kind of what you were kind of hinting at is that a lot of them just check the boxes for kind of the insurance requirements. And you'll, you'll come in and pay this company, this, these professionals, but it really doesn't get handled the way it should. And I think yourself, your knowledge, and I'm sure some of your colleagues it are such the small minority, kind of more on the biologist side and the really really good people so I, I think vetting is harder than it even seems you know especially when you have to deal with your insurance company or something like that too it's it's um yeah <laughs> well you know so i work in the palm springs area we did a lot of remodeling again a lot of concrete work out there and i've worked with hundreds of general contract grades through the years and we've seen a lot of these, you know, professional, well-known um, remediation companies, you know, from flood damage, right? And the insurances are covering, you know, Palm Springs, everyone thinks, oh, Palm sunshine, warm, we don't get mold. I've seen some of the worst mold um, infestation in Palm Springs that just blow your mind because it's everywhere. It's not just because you're in this one state and it rains a lot or dry conditions over here. Um, but I've seen a lot of... Uh, really top-notch professional companies and this is kind of before i really understood it and it, uh, it would just even then i was like huh that's gonna remove all the mold yeah. That's yeah. It, yeah. right you know I'm like that just doesn't seem right you know and then kind of knowing what i know now taking the red pill it's like oh i can never do that again um and so it is right and and again this whole ripple effect and this is a great conversation we're having too because it's really building that awareness uh, taking a referral from somebody uh, because they're, they're right now, again, a lot of this is merging and um, Heidi, thanks to, you know, like podcasts like yours, we're educating out there and we're looking for these, these resources that are even vetted through a friend um, that came and did some remediation for a friend or for them. Um, and I, I, I really think that's really important is this like-minded tribe, you know, we, we have a great resource center within here that we can definitely refer to because if you just go out to the standard Western approach, um, it's going to be a hit or a mess for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in closing, since we're already like flying through all this, in closing, are there any final resources you'd like to share slash um, kind of? Pimp yourself out, share more about where people can find you and your Instagram and your, your businesses and whatnot. Yeah, you know, I, my, I have a website. It's the Synergy, S-E-N-E-R-G-Y, 360.com, Synergy360.com. I have a contact form on there. So feel free to go to Synergy360.com, send me a contact, you know, referral from you, of course. I, um, or um, I'm Synergy, S-E-N-E-R-G-Y 360 on Instagram. And feel free to DM me. I, I love to talk. 
Um, I love to share knowledge. Um, so I'm definitely happy to share um, resources with anyone that has any questions. And of course I do consulting, you know, project management, general construction. Yeah, so I, I obviously have the services, but it, I'm always here to answer, you know, spend a little bit of time on the phone, preferably, um, and, you know, really educate and share with people my knowledge and what I do and some resources. Um, there's just so many things that we didn't discuss and perhaps we can do a sequel later on, but we have water filtration systems. You know, uh, we just talked about EMS lightly, but there's ways, um, and I know Heidi, you've done some really amazing podcasts that has a lot of good resources out there for helping even, even on, a, on a budget without rebuilding a home or remodeling um, of ways to minimize a lot of EMS and RFs, you know, using Wi-Fis and things like that. Uh, water filtration, that's kind of a, that's a quick go-to for anyone um, that's concerned about the water. You know, you can do in-home testing kits, you know, even third-party um, lab testing. It, it's really accessible. It's, it's not as difficult as what people think sometimes to know what's in your water, for one, um, and then using the proper proper types of filtration. So I also like to consider myself a building coach as well, um, a health building, holistic building coach to be able to coach people on clients and, and everyone to how to, you know, hey, what's the right filter for me? Or, you know, you get into this whole structured water thing, which is totally amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, structured yeah. water itself. You might have I have a whole a episode on, 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 on water. And the, the yes. expert, Dawn, um, friend of mine, she knows so much about water. We go into yes. all the nitty gritty details of structured water. Mind boggling. Yes. In the best way. So, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, water is just, it's an amazing, it's an amazing subject. And there's a lot of people coming up and sharing amazing knowledge. And me being, a, again, a contractor, it's like, okay, well, this is great. How do we bring that knowledge and how do we bring that technology into the home? And so there is amazing, simple technologies that are pretty cost effective that you can upgrade your existing home with as well. So that's, that's another takeaway is water filtration and structured water coming right from your faucet as well. So Awesome. Yes. Well, yeah, I, maybe we'll have to do a, a round two. Amazing. Thank you so much. Ryan, you're an awesome human. Keep training hard. Stay hard with the with the triathlon stuff. That that looks awesome. I'm jealous of you yeah. and that. But no, you're you're on the cutting edge and I'm excited to know you hopefully, yeah, five years from now and see your your business explode. The the trend that everyone needs to keep following of, you know, being being better is better with your health, with your home, with your life, everything. So Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Heidi. Um, and keep doing what it is that both of you are doing. Heidi, your podcasts are super amazing. You bring in a lot of great resources. So for me, it's a complete honor and a privilege, privilege to be here to be able to share this with you to share to your audience. So I'm definitely a, a huge fan supporter. Um, look forward to all of us. Look forward to, to, to this tribe sticking together because we have the resources. The resources are here. And it, it's, it, there's just so much, so much knowledge here. So I want to thank both of you for taking the time having me on this today. 